are Locked On Tar Heels, your daily podcast on the UNC Tar Heels, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Park the sound at your favorite Tar Heel voice. Welcome to Locked On Tar Heels. As always, it's a great day to be a Tar Heel. I'm your host, Candace Cooper. Thank you so much for joining me today. Do yourself a favor. Make sure you download, subscribe to the podcast from anywhere. You can also join the fun via Twitter by following at Locked On Heels or me personally at Candace D. Cooper. So here's what I have on tap for today. We are going to set the scene when it comes to celebrating Roy Williams' 900th career win. We are going to talk about the Florida State-Carolina game. We are going to break down what was, what is, and what could be from the Tar Heels. we feeling like their team is no longer the team that is inconsistent. Maybe their identity is finally found. Bouncing back from that Marquette game that certainly was a head-scratcher for many around the country as we're trying to figure out, can Carolina get off the bubble or will they just pretty much play themselves out of the NCAA tournament? So that is all the things that we have to talk about today. Hope you guys are having a great weekend. Again, I promise you guys a bonus show. As I mentioned this past week, didn't get Thursday one in. Life is happening. It's a pandemic. Things are not always peachy keen. But thankfully, I was able to do one today, a post-game show for you. So feel free to check this out. We're going to hear some of the back end. We're going to talk about a lot of stuff on Monday. We're going to go a little more in depth. But hey, at the end of the day, Carolina was able to pull off a win at home to give Roy Williams his 900th career win. And that is super exciting, right? Period, point blank. There is nothing greater than giving your coach a milestone win, being a part of that, having fans back, 3,200 fans that have been waiting for a good minute to see the Tar Heels in person. Everyone talked about the fact that the energy was different, seeing a lot of friends, sports writers, commentators, all of that good stuff. Talk about how live noise always is better than crowd noise. We had the fact that when there was timeouts, Roy was trying to talk to people, and there was energy where Roy couldn't hear, and that's a good thing, right? We're all we're having the crowd back, and the boos are real. The refuse sucks are real. The Walker Kessler chants are real. All of that stuff is something that Carolina has sorely missed, and maybe that was the reason for Walker Kessler's coming out party, right? Some people prefer perform better under the lights. Some people perform better when they have pressure, when they have people yelling at them, cheering them on, rooting them, giving them a lovely puff up your chest a little bit when you have someone under your belt. So that's exactly what I felt like the Tar Heels were experiencing throughout the game because they certainly needed a lot of help and love to get through this very challenging and difficult opponent in the Florida State Seminoles. So let me set the scene for you, right? Florida State was the 500th home game for head coach Roy Williams, including UNC and Kansas. His teams were 442 to 57 at home with the winning percentage of 88.6. Carolina was 241 and 41 at home under Williams, 239 and 40 at the Smith Center, 1 and 1 at Carmichael Arena, and 1 and 0 at the Greensboro Coliseum. Roy was looking for his 900th when he was 899 and 260 as his, if you think about all 33 seasons, right, as a head coach, doing it faster than anybody else in the country. This win gave Williams a chance to become the fourth Division I coach to win 900 games, joining fellow Naismith Hall of Famer, famers, excuse me, Mike Krzyzewski, Jim Beheim, and Bob Knight. He only needs a couple more to pass Bob Knight. Last season, he passed his mentor, Dean Smith. So when we talk about the Carolina FSU series, right, at the time, Carolina was 50-15 and 15 against the Seminoles, including 40-14 and 14 since FSU joined the ACC back in 91 and 92. 
Carolina was 21 and 4 at home, 18 and 4 at the Smith Center, and 3 and 0 at Carmichael. The Tar Heels had won the last five in Chapel Hill. The Seminoles had won two straight and three of the last four. All three UNC losses came at Tallahassee by 1 6 and 7 points, respectively. This was the second time in three games the Tar Heels are unranked, were unranked, excuse me, and playing a ranked FSU team. Last season, the eighth-ranked Seminoles beat UNC 65-59 in Tallahassee. Roy Williams was 21-8 and against the Seminoles and now sits 22-8, and 21-8 at UNC and 1-0 at Kansas. So the last time out, though, back in January, on January 16th, FSU beat Carolina 75, 82-75, right? FSU was it was all FSU. Carolina was still figuring out their way, figuring out their identity. It was the best game Carolina, in my opinion, the best loss Carolina had experienced because they played a complete game. They just couldn't get over that hump of poorly controlling the ball. They could not keep it secure. They had so many turnovers. Ultimately, was their undoing. Not being able to shoot free throws consistently. And Carolina got within about six points during that first game. But FSU was not getting giving away a home victory. So completely understandable, right? Something about playing at home is a lot different. A different energy, different vibe. And I'm thinking, again, I go back to the crowd. Carolina had 3,200 fans. As we know, there was new ordinances in place from the state of North Carolina, which Roy Cooper allowed for people to finally attend sporting events. Gave the opportunity for some students to get in there. I saw some comments about students versus Rams Club people. And I'm going to sit here and say, students are a lot better (laughs) than having the wine and cheese crowd. We know Carolina has been known for their wine and cheese company where they just sit there, they watch, and then maybe after a while when Carolina does something worth cheering for, they could, you know, on occasion stand up, occasionally make some noise. And I think for this game, right, having more fans, giving the students opportunities, especially, let's take a step back, the kids have not been able to have real college experience for but so long. I think it was important, and it's important for future. Maybe we consider having the students be more involved. Maybe that's a good look term, because in the day, we want Carolina to get basketball wins, because that makes the team look better, ultimately makes the program look better, and our school and the university look better. So, that's just something I would throw out there. You know, Bubba, if you're listening, Bo Cunningham, <laughs> RAD, if you were trying to think about, hey, should we have more kids? That- Absolutely. Maybe not so much the parents. I mean, not maybe not so much the Rams Club people, the older. I mean, I I would personally rather watch the game at home. My bathroom's right there. My fridge is right there. I'm paying for the beer for free. It's a lot cheaper. But that's my personal opinion. Also, there's still a pandemic going on, but that's a whole nother story for a whole nother day. All in all, pleasantly surprised at how Carolina got it done. I wasn't expecting this win, but I want to talk about, it was essentially a tale of two halves, right? Carolina was not, Carolina was the team that played Marquette in the first half. Carolina was the team that played NC State in the second half, the second time, we should say, right? Carolina was a team that played NC State the second time in the second half. They were dominant. They acted like they had been here before. They were even, I wouldn't say go as far as say they were Louisville team because they were messing up, like they were giving the game away <laughs> at a lot of points. But I said Carolina was playing like they had something to prove. So if I were to bet on this team, I'm sure you guys did. I hope you bet on the over 
you know, at betonline.ag, the one place that has you covered, one place that we trust. Betonline.ag, if you sign up today for a free account, you can use promo code Locked On for your 50% welcome bonus. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore. Get in on the action. Don't forget to use promo code Locked On to receive a 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. Get more of the sports news you need in less time with our new Locked On Today podcast. Peter Bukowski hosts Locked On Today, a daily podcast breaking down the biggest stories with analysis from our local experts. Start your day with all the sports news you need in under 20 minutes. Subscribe to Locked On Today wherever you get podcasts. So the final score of today's game that happened at 4 o'clock on a Saturday, right? We're partying it up, but there will be no videos because we are just going to love our win and keep it pushing, (laughs) right? It was 78-70 UNC. And again, I mentioned tail two halves, right? The first half, it was all FSU who scored 41 points to UNC's 29. Carolina came out flat. Carolina was not controlling the ball. Carolina acted like they were right, still feeling that Marquette loss, and they were just ready to stay embarrassed, okay? FSU, they were commanding the boards, the paint, and the perimeter. UNC was making mistake after mistake. Carolina had as many as 15 turnovers to start the half and ended the night with 21. But usually we're commending them for like 11 11 to 15. We're saying, okay. That's good for y'all, but 21, what are we doing, right? We're we're going backwards. (laughs) We are regressing in ways that we just can't afford as we're trying to get into the NCAA tournament. Carolina shot just 25% from the field, 14% from three. They were shooting entirely too many threes, as if magically that was the team's known shot or weapon, so to speak. I was very much so scratching my head like, RJ, I understand you're in, you have space, but no, dog. Let's probably create a play first before we're just saying, I'm going to kick it, right? Kick it out and shoot. Carwin, no, sir. I'm just like, I'm about to make you cut your hair because you were playing games. I was confused. I was like, this is not the Carwin that I know. Did you not, you know, pick the hair out enough? You weren't, you were off angle. Like, well, what, what was going on? Caleb? It's not a shot, big dog. It just wasn't hitting, and they were they kept doing it. And I'm like, after a while, I understand shooters have to get in a rhythm and have to find their way, but but the big dogs, somebody should have said stop shooting that thing. Like I would have been that teammate that probably had to kick like nah, maybe maybe just pe- pass it, right? We struggle with that as well, but <laughs> maybe stop shooting these threes because that is not your shot. That is not the stable of this program, not at all, not this season. When it came to free throws in the first half, though, I was pleasantly surprised. They were 81%, which was a stark difference from what we've seen this past season. Normally, when they get to that free throw line, you're just hoping that they make one of the two. I've seen them miss both multiple times, right? So it was not, you know, too far-fetched to think that they were not going to be great from the free throw line. There were some questionable calls, though, from the rest that favored FSU. Guys were going out of bounds, getting reach and fouls that were a little ticky-tacky. But alas, Carolina was shooting themselves in the foot. It was all Carolina's fault, <laughs> right? There was nobody you could blame, truly, truly. I wasn't sitting there thinking like, oh, man, I was ready. To, let me keep it a band. I was ready to watch a dateline. I was like, I'm not watching the second half of this foolishness. I was ready to turn the channel for good because, one, you know, I think that – I can only watch bad basketball for so long. <laughs> but for number two, maybe I'm just a bad luck charm. Maybe you need me to turn so y'all can get it together. And then I turn back when you're finally trying to bring it home. I also came to the conclusion that 
Blue Moon Light Skies are the key to watching any Carolina basketball game. So whatever your drink of choice is, I, you know, if it's a Blue Moon, it's a Coors Light, if it's tequila, if it's champagne, if it's a mimosa, whatever it is, right? Make sure that you have it in hand when the clock is ready to roll. You cannot watch a Carolina game without having a beverage in your hand. I promise you these games are so much better <laughs> when you take the time to just have a little sip right? You watch it so much more relaxed because this team is going to piss you off. And that's exactly what they did in the first half. It was horrible basketball. I don't care what anybody says. I am not a basketball savant. I don't pretend to be. I don't sit here and say, I know every X and O, all the plays, but I know basic ABC one, two, three when it comes to basketball. And that was terrible. Okay. I'm not going to sit here and mix any bones about it. It was horrible. It was absolutely horrible. Love the guys. They're great. Great humans. All that good stuff. But when it came to basketball, it was like they hadn't been there before. They were literally picking up a Marquette like, man, what was me, tail between legs, Eeyore syndrome, like, I just can't do it. And you just felt that. Like, all of the energy you talked about from the crowd, from just being excited, you coach his 900th win, it was great. I appreciate energy, but I also need execution. Don't run out there and flail your arms and, you know, pass horribly and sit there and throw your hands up like, what's going on? You know what to do. You've just got to do it. And that's just not what Carolina was doing in that first half. But Lord knows, thank the Lord, Saints, that there's two halves of basketball because it was a different Carolina team. I do not know what Roy Williams said in that locker room to those boys, but I hope, and you know, I think it went a little something like, if y'all don't give me this 900th win, y'all gonna be walking back to these dorms. Y'all gonna be walking to everywhere you go. I will take everybody's keys. <laughs> I will make sure you have a ball in your hand. You will sleep with a basketball. You will do whatever until I feel like you guys really understand what it means. You will not wear NC across your chest any longer <laughs> until you figure it out. I feel like that was that was the case. It might have just been, hey, guys, stop turning the ball over. Maybe, you know, consistently make your free throws and defend a little bit better and cause some, you know, turnovers. But, hey, <laughs> we can agree to disagree, right? So let's talk about the second half. Carolina came out swinging. They cut the leads to eight points. They were able to get back in the game thanks to my main man, my my swan, my gazelle, whatever you want to call him, Mr. Walker Kessler. He was doing the damn thing. He led the way, finished the night with 20 points. I'd say it was certainly his coming out party as he added four blocks and a steal to his stellar performance. Carolina shot 50% from the field, 33% from three, and made 100% of their free throws. About damn time, bruh. 100% of your free throws. That's what I'm talking about. And it wasn't just because like, okay, making your free throws it's pretty redundant. It's fundamental. You should always do that. But it was because the game was tight, right? It was close. It was like possession after possession. Somebody was going to mess up, and that was going to be the make or break. And Carolina came through in the clutch. I have said over and over, if they can't make clutch free throws, it is going to be good night Tar Heels, right? They had to make their free throws in order to stay in this game because FSU was not going away right? FSG was giving them everything they had. They ended the game with 90% from the free throw line. It was clutch. FSG was doing everything they could to come back in this game. It was brilliant. And it really spoke to the resilience of this team. I was pleasantly, I was shocked, truly, truly shocked that they were coming back in. But I, I'll, Walker Kessler, I'm trying to tell you, wasn't a starter, came off that bench and did what he had to do. So when we talk about scoring leaders, not only was it Walker Kessler, but you had RJ Davis with 12, Kerwin Walton with 13, Caleb Love with 12, 
key guys, your guards stepping up in ways that they should. Having a decent night, you know, Leaky Black with six. Armando Baycott, which is an off night for him yet again, came with three fouls early, had six points, had to sit. We had Garrison Brooks with just four points. Dayron Sharp with three. And Anthony Harris with two. I really want my guy, Andrew Playtech, to get some before it's all said and done. I'm just saying. You know, I want everybody to eat. I'm all about everybody eating. <laughs> okay. But when you think about the starters, right? Kerwin, Caleb, Leaky, Armando, Garrison. We might be having a conversation next week with Sy- on the Syracuse game. We might be sitting here saying, all right, maybe Walker gets the nod day. Ron got a, a nod. He got a start. And there, I think Walker has earned it. I think this is the first game where I said, you know what? The gazelle done found his wing. He could fly. I know a gazelle is not, you know, whatever. <laughs> whatever animal you want to say. The young cub has found his way. He was a grizzly inside that paint. He was the difference maker. Right, He was able to get in and make an absolute difference from 44 rebounds as a whole to Florida State's 36. It was a difference for the Tar Heels to finally step up when it came to that second half, right? Carolina had 30 points in the paint, 15 points off turnovers, 15 second chance points, nine fast break points. 37 points off the bench, right? They were able to take over in the second half because of their bench. Different energy every time. Anthony Harris going out there and playing like he was just happy to be here and just doing his damn thing. Dayron Sharp finding his way. As much as we talk about him going to the league next year, God knows he misses some very easy layups that frustrate the hell out of me. But he's figuring it out. I still, listen, Armando and Garrison. Got to figure it out, big dogs. Like, y'all have what it – you have what it takes. You're the big man we love to feed. It was an off night, right? Leaky, very clutch in his defensive performance. Got a little shaken up with the ankle injury, but was glad to see him bounce back, hit some key free throws again, and able to take it away for the Tar Heels. So, when you look at the grand scheme, yes, I'm super excited about this win. Do I still think there are things that they can do better? 21 turnovers is horrible. <laughs> horrible not okay can't happen cannot be a consistent thing you have to want to be better for yourself if you are going to put these starters in this game right you're going to give Armando and Garrison both 40 40 minutes in this game something has to come of it right it's unfortunate 40 minutes in the game they only have 10 points to show for it right so hopefully we can figure out a way one block both two blocks between both of them right Armando's getting three turnovers no assist. So, yeah, something's got to give. Something's got to give. They have got to get out of their heads. I don't know what it is, <laughs> but I need them to figure it out and find a way, right? So those are the things that I think Carolina can tighten up on. If you're going to be in the game, be effective. And if you can't be effective from a scoring standpoint, you got to be a great defender, a great rebounder, right? Help your team. Being a great assist man. Be a great facilitator. Just allow for opportunities to shine. And listen, all around, got your coach his 900th win, which is what you can be excited about. But I still think they have got to tighten up when it comes to mental mistakes and getting that Carolina is going to basically lose the game because Carolina was off. And I don't necessarily think it's because the other team was better. Right. And and that's saying a lot because FSU clearly is number 11 for a reason, but Carolina can be a great team. They put up 99 points this season. They're not a fluke team. Okay. I just think they get in their own way. (laughs) 
and then they don't know how to bounce back and recharge. This was the first game where they were in their own way so much, and they were able to bounce back and figure it out. So we're going to be excited about it, take it for what it is, move on to Syracuse, and try to win that game, and then beat Duke. And then maybe <laughs> make a nice little run in this tournament, in the conference tournament, what have you, and then go on to the NCAA tournament. So there is that. Go behind the scenes of the game you love and get all sides of the story with Rejecting the Screen podcast. Each week, Noah Kosselov and Adam Stanko get personal while interviewing players, coaches, media members, all the people who make the NBA happen. Subscribe to Rejecting the Screen wherever you get podcasts. So we're ending the show, right? Coach has his 900th win. He's the fastest to reach this milestone in D1 men's history. We're going to talk about that more on Monday, you know, get a grand scheming look at what it all means and what if we're reflecting on how Roy feels about this win, thinking about all the teams in the championships and the big comebacks he's had in his time as a head coach. I'm sure there are many. I'm sure there's something he loves to celebrate. Let's reflect on that, right? Let's talk about all of that on Monday. We've got some Diamond Heels action as they took down Virginia for the second time, sweeping the series. Justice. Thompson, it might just turn into a stand account. Y'all know it's a Mac Brown stand account, a Roy Williams stand account, and this might just be a Justice Thompson stand account. Okay, so this just might be—I might convert and figure out how the hell to learn some baseball when this is all said and done. Really excited for those guys as well. Beating Virginia anytime is a great day for me. So we're going to talk about all of that on Monday. So make sure you guys come back again. Have a great weekend, right? At the end of the day, this has been some great, great basketball we've seen. The ladies took down Georgia Tech. We saw on senior night, they have one game left against Virginia Tech, and they're going to wrap it up and see where they land in the NCAA tournament. So there's so many things we've got to finish up here as we wrap up the season. Really, it's it's here. Where will Carolina land? I just, I really want to be confident in this team, right? I really want to feel like this team is doing whatever it can to be successful, but I hold my breath. (laughs) I don't want to get too excited about Carolina men's basketball because they might come out with a a game like Marquette and just figure out they're not a great team anymore. So, you know, it's just the inconsistency drives me nuts, but that's 18 to 22-year-olds for you, right? That's literally what this year, 2020 to 2021, has been. So if you want to see something consistent, you obviously have not tuned into Carolina basketball this entire season. So all I'm telling you is just relax, enjoy the ride, get you a blue moon or whatever drink you have, and let's just have fun with it. Don't take it too serious. You know, it might look like I'm overzealous, on my socials, but I'm telling you, at Locked On Heels, at Candace D. Cooper, we have fun. Keep it a band. We are listen, we don't try to overanalyze. It just is what it is. Plain and simple. So let's do that here as we wrap up this lot these last few games of the season. All right. Cool. Make sure you download, subscribe to the podcast from anywhere you listen to podcasts. Hit me up on Twitter at Candace D. Cooper. Hit me up on Twitter at Locked On Heels. Make sure you da- make sure you download podcasts and you follow on social so you can keep up with everything we got going on. I hope you guys have a great rest of your weekend. I will see you on Monday. And as always, go Heels. You are Locked On Tar Heels, your daily podcast on the UNC Tar Heels, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.